Hello, everyone. My name is Kate, and you're listening to Artwise. So you might notice that I don't have a guest with me this week. I actually kind of made the decision that periodically there needed to be some solo episodes just because there's a lot of topics that I haven't had the chance to cover on ArtWise because, you know, I don't have the capacity to, I guess, find a guest to talk about these specific topics. I do have my cat here. She probably won't talk, but she might cry or something or pitter-patter in the background. But I really, really wanted to talk about the 11 things that creatives should never do. So I recently, you know, and a lot of you who listen will know I'm very active on social media. A lot of you, that's probably how you found this podcast is through my TikTok account or the Instagram account. I'm pretty active. I try to keep myself on a schedule as do I with this podcast and pretty much everything else that I work on. And that being said, I have noticed, especially recently, like the more that I kind of taper off and, you know, I share a lot of videos of myself talking and those, you know, sometimes there'll be the occasional hater, which is fine. But I recently started sharing more of my artwork because, you know, why would somebody follow and respect an artist that they've never seen their work? And I noticed a lot of artists kind of doing these things. And, you know, as an artist myself, these 11 things that I'm about to tell you are things that I, you'll never catch me doing any of these things. Any of them, point blank, period. None of them. Because, well, I'll tell you why. (laughs) For each reason. There's different reasons for each of these things. But I 100% stand by. These are 11 things that creatives, creative types, artists, musicians, what have you, these are things they should never do. So yeah. Oh, also, I did want to bring up before I get into my 11 reasons, I actually have moved. And this is the first ever episode that I am recording since moving. So if the audio sounds a little different, I'm sorry about that. I actually have recorded episodes with guests that are scheduled all the way through October in my old apartment. So if something sounds weird, please let me know because I can definitely get it fixed before probably the next one that you'll hear from me recording in this apartment probably won't come out until October. So I have a whole month to get whatever needs fixed and fixed. So let me know if, the, if it sounds weird or not to the quality that you're used to. So yeah, with that being said, I'm going to get started on my 11 things list that I literally I stayed up last night making because I was so frustrated with social media and amongst other things. So the first and most important thing that I wrote down, and the, the reason I say that this is most important is because I honestly... I just like, I, I, you'll just never catch me doing this. I just don't understand it. So number one is don't be rude or unkind to beginners. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of people listening to this. Some of you guys are graphic designers. Some of you guys are illustrators. That's more my realm. Some of you guys are musicians. Some of you guys are brand designers, which I guess would fit into graphic designer, right? Some of you guys are painters. Some of you guys are theater people. Like there's so many different types of artists who enjoy this podcast. Whatever your niche is, whatever your creative type is, if you're a creative person and there is a beginner in your niche posting TikToks or posting on Instagram or coming to a live event and trying to sell their artwork, don't be rude to them. Like why? I don't understand why people would even do this, but literally yesterday, all of this stuff that prompted this episode has happened so recently for some reason. Literally yesterday, somebody was on my account 
And they basically gave me an unsolicited critique, which we will talk about later. And I essentially, like I explained, you know, these are things that I've checked. I have, you know, worked in graphic design for over five years now. I've done print shop work. I've I've done all of it. I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to screw it up. Thanks, but no thanks for the advice. And this person was basically just very rude. And they were saying, you know, I hate that there are designers on design talk that don't know what they're doing on design TikTok, and they don't know what they're doing and they don't know what they're talking about. And so I feel the need to like inform everybody the correct way to do something every time I see a design on design TikTok. And I was like, okay, who made you the design police? Here's the thing. Nobody did. Whatever your niche is, you're not the police. And if somebody is doing something wrong in your eyes, right? Because let's be real. It's art. There's no rules. You can literally do whatever you want. But in your eyes, if somebody's doing something wrong, until they ask you for advice or they ask for a critique, it's not the time or place. If you are in a classroom and you are doing open critique, that is the time and place. If somebody has messaged you privately or even like posted on TikTok, like, hey, can I get some advice on how to make this better? That is fine. But, you know, if if somebody just literally like doesn't ask for it and just post a silly little video, not the time or place. So first of all, just because somebody's a beginner doesn't give you the right to be rude to them. And it doesn't give you <laughs> the right to essentially like tear them down because they're new and they don't know as much as you. I'm trying to like find the best way to word that. And I, I think that basically encapsulates what what I wanted to say. And here is my reasoning for this. If you really need a reason for don't be rude or unkind to beginner artists, the main reason being at one point you were a beginner and you can't tell me like you were born a professional because nobody is born knowing everything. When you're born, you don't even know how to talk or like there's like you don't know everything when you're born. So at one point that beginner was you. Okay. And Already now, especially with social media, it takes a lot of courage to share something, especially as personal as art, especially as a beginner, when you don't maybe feel like you're up to par, but you still want to participate in the little trends and the funny little sounds. And you want to, you know, post on Instagram and share with your friends. Like, it takes a lot of courage alone to do that. So if a beginner is not asking for help or for a critique, it probably took them a lot to get to that point. And maybe they're not ready to receive critique yet. You can still be an artist, a practicing artist, and be at a point where you're not ready to receive critique. Because honestly, the more creative endeavors, like the more you do something, the more better you are going to get as you do it, regardless of if you're receiving critique. So the fact that beginners are, you know, have the courage to post their work is essentially like, it's really good. And I, you know, I love having beginners on design TikTok because again, at one point I was a beginner. At one point you listening to this were a beginner. You might even be beginner now. I don't know. But th there's just no reason to go out of your way to target beginners and say, oh, you know, there's so many people who don't know what they're doing on design TikTok or art TikTok, or there's so many people posting. It's so annoying. I have to tell everybody. No, you, first of all, you don't. It's easier, in fact, to not, you know, <laughs> give people advice that they didn't ask for. It's, it's so much easier because you literally don't have to do anything. And it's just, it's rude. It, it's, it's rude and it's disrespectful. And, you know, at one point that was you. <laughs> so let's not be rude. Let's make the art community, the creative community, at the very least, the art wise community, the art wise podcast community. I mean, we have a discord server. And if I saw someone giving an unsolicited critique, like, to a beginner, I would lose my mind. They would get banned from the group immediately because I want to create a safe space for you guys and for, for myself too, because sometimes I don't want to receive critiques. Sometimes I make art that I know is silly and I'm not trying to make it technically good or technically sound. I'm just trying to make something fun and goofy to just kind of get it out of my system. And 
you know, I just, that's something that I won't tolerate is being rude and unkind to beginners, like purely because, you know, maybe you think that they know less than you or what have you, like, you know, you really don't know. So that brings me to my second point, which I already touched on a little bit in the first point, because as you can probably tell, a lot of these are connected. But my second point is don't critique an artist's work without the artist's consent. So like I said earlier, not only is it rude, but it's just it's unprofessional. And honestly, so I, I've been receiving a lot of unsolicited critique on TikTok. And, you know, it, it never I, I have a pretty thick skin when it comes to critiques. As you guys know, I, you know, I'm a professional artist and designer. I've been doing this professionally. And, you know, when you work in a creative job like that, you have to get used to critiques or somebody needing a revision or somebody not necessarily being 100% with your work, especially when you're working with clients. Working with clients is one thing. If you're a client and you're paying me, you can tell me whatever you want about my work. But this, this goes for like on social media, if this is a stranger posting something, and especially if they're posting something and it's just a silly little video with a trending sound or maybe even they're talking behind it or something. There is no reason for you to critique them unless they are asking for it or unless you're in a setting like a classroom setting where, you know, your teacher is like, OK, let's all critique each other's work or unless like there's a time and a place for everything. And there's definitely a time and a place for critique because critique can be very helpful to creatives and artists and musicians and all of those things. It can be very helpful. But at, like, like I said, there's a time and a place for it. And it's rude and disrespectful to critique someone's work without their permission. It just comes off as it comes off as hate, especially if your reason behind it is you thought they were a beginner. Like, that's just there's just no reason for that, you know, and you'll notice, too, I heard Cuttlefish Academy on TikTok. I hope she doesn't mind me shouting her out, but she talked about this on her account recently. And I, you know, I wanted to mention her name in case anybody wanted to see it. But she also mentioned the way that her critiques you know, have changed as she's become more of a professional, you know, and gained more experience in her career. I view myself as a professional. I've been doing this for five years, though. So somebody like, you know, Cuttlefish Academy on TikTok would definitely be more of an expert than me because, you know, I'm young. So <laughs> even though I have five years of experience to some of you guys listening, that might sound like a lot. And to me, I think it's enough to call myself, you know, a professional. But you know, there are people who've been doing this for 20, 30 plus years professionally. So you don't know other people's backgrounds. And also your critiques that you receive as you get to a more professional level are absolutely going to change. I know mine have. You'll go from like getting critique like about, you know, anatomy or things not being technically sound all the way to critiques like that don't really make as much sense. Like, oh, I don't like the color, that color blue. That's not really a critique because it's, you know, it's opinion, it's opinion based. And if you like that color, you don't have to change anything if, you know, somebody critiques something you don't agree with. So I think that's like an important thing too, is when you're giving unsolicited critiques, you're kind of invalidating yourself as a professional because from my understanding anyway, and all of my colleagues who I would go to, to ask for a critique, those professionals who I know, who I respect and value my opinion. My father is an artist. I would definitely go to him. He's been doing this a lot longer than I have. I have friends who own their own design studios and design businesses who I would go to for advice if I was having trouble with a design or if I wanted a critique on a design. I, I have colleagues who I know that they know what they're doing and I respect their opinion who I would go to, but I, I just would not... I would not ever ask a stranger. And the the point of this being, if somebody posts an unsolicited critique on my TikTok or your TikTok or your Instagram or on your social media, automatically, I mean, if if what they say is valid or if a bunch of people are all saying the same thing, as annoying as it can be, maybe it's something to look into if everyone's saying the same thing. But if it's just like a couple, like two or three people, and they're just like, it seems like they're just trying to be rude, and you don't even really agree with what they're saying, critique, like, 
you don't have to take it. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't have to accept critique and take it and use it unless you agree with it. Because there are a lot of critiques that are very helpful. Like if somebody's commenting on anatomy or like a literal design principle, or if something like if you used a font that it's literally illegible, you know, those are all helpful. But if somebody's you know, giving you a critique based on their opinion, that doesn't have to be taken into account if you disagree with it. At the end of the day, it's your artwork. It's your creation that you've made and you can do whatever you want. So, but yeah, so that rule, rule number two is don't critique an artist's work without the artist's consent. Um, because not only is it rude, it's unprofessional. And by doing it, you are essentially eliminating yourself as a professional in my eyes. And hopefully now that I'm giving you guys this information in your eyes too, so that if you post on social media and somebody critiques your work without you asking for it, you automatically know that this person is not a professional and they're not somebody to be trusted anyway. Because when you're ready for a critique and you feel like you need one, you'll know and you'll be ready to ask, you know, an industry professional or somebody that you look up to or a colleague that you you like their work and you value their opinion. So number three, number three is very similar to number one. It is don't treat other artists poorly or bag on their work. This is different from critique because critiquing somebody like usually it's constructive. Like there's like, I think you should change something. Dogging on somebody's work is like just being mean, you know, saying, you know, I just don't like this. Even if you do feel that way, because like art is subjective and you don't have to like everything unless they're like dead. And I'm like bagging on Picasso, which I feel like is the only exception because I hate that guy. But unless it's like a literal dead person who like is never going to hear you say about it or, you know, somebody from art history, like if this is a a colleague or a friend or somebody on social media who you know is going to see this like just don't do it there's literally no reason for you to tell somebody that you don't like their work like you can you can think it all you want and you can say that it's not your cup of tea all you want but at the end of the day treat somebody else's creative endeavors in their work the same way that you would want yours to be treated. Like if somebody's going to say, oh, I just don't like that style. I just don't like it. You know, it doesn't help anybody and it just spreads negativity. There, There's literally no reason, no reason for it. Now, number four, these all kind of tie together so nicely. I didn't even plan for this. Number four, don't treat your own artwork poorly. Okay, this one I see all the freaking time. I'll see artists post their work and go, it's not very good. It's not, you know, I know it could be better. And they're just already like, you know, shitting on their own artwork <laughs> and their own work before anybody even has a chance to say how amazing it is. And it's seriously like, it hurts my heart when I see artists talking negatively on their own work and I know it's so like I still like as an artist you're always going to see flaws in your work I think it's rare that an artist gets to the point where they feel like their work is a hundred percent perfect and you know if you do congratulations but even I will you know I'll create something and I'll think oh I could have done this better that's kind of the mark of an artist I feel like if you couldn't see how you could have done it better then you know, like, that's like, I mean, like, sad for you, I guess. I mean, I have pieces that I'm really proud of that I still acknowledge, okay, this could be done better. Just because as an artist, we're always looking to improve and continue and move forward. And, you know, that's why we continue to create on a daily basis. And, you know, do all of these things is because we're trying to improve and be the best artist we can be and to continue learning and just continue the journey essentially. So it really does hurt my heart when I see artists talking down on their work. And it's also something that not a lot of people discuss when bringing bringing this up. It's just not professional. It's okay to see the problems with work that you've created. And it's okay to like, kind of critique yourself and be like, okay, when I, you know, when I make the next one, I'm going to, you know, fix this, I'm going to do this the right way, I'm going to 
you know, try harder on this, or I'm going to try to make an improvement in this specific area. It's totally okay to do that in your head. But when you're posting publicly, especially when as an artist, you are your brand. And if you're trying to make money as an artist, like you, you just shouldn't be dogging on your work for many reasons. But like, first and foremost, being like, it's, it's just not professional. Art is subjective. And there's going to be somebody out there that really enjoys what you're creating. Like, you know how many people are on the earth? There's billions of people on this planet right now. There's going to be at least a handful of them that that like your artwork and like what you're doing. And if you sit there and talk about how bad it is and like how you could do so much better and just talk down on your own artwork, it makes fans of your work feel like maybe they have bad taste, which <laughs> doesn't feel good. And it also like, it just doesn't help anybody. It, it's okay to look at something from, you know, a professional eye and say, okay, this is where I can improve next time. But it doesn't need to be like, honestly, when, when I see artists be like, it's not very good. They're either very new and have a lot to learn and that's fine. We all start somewhere. Every single artist was at the point that you were at as a beginner and we've all felt like that. We've all looked at our art and been like, yeah, I have so much to learn. Or it makes it look like you're fishing for compliments. You know, like it makes it look like you're saying, oh, this is so bad. So people will go, oh, no, that's not bad. That's the best artwork I've ever seen. And, you know, try to make you feel better. And like, that's not cute. You know, you don't want to do that. So, you know, if you're thinking about saying just like ragging on your own work and saying oh my gosh it looks so bad it looks so horrible just don't do that maybe you know you can you can do it in your in your head all you want i i mean i encourage you not to because again like we're all learning we're all on a journey and i you know as much as i think you know sometimes poorly of work that i've created I try not to like be hard on myself about it because that doesn't help anybody and it's not going to help me improve for sure. It's just going to make me feel bad about myself. I just decide, okay, this is an opportunity now that I'm seeing that this is an issue. This is an opportunity to, for me to get better and that's a good thing. And then the next time I make a piece, I maybe focus on that. So just something to consider when you know, you're feeling really down on yourself and you're looking at your artwork. Just don't rag on it, especially publicly on social media, but even like in your own brain, try not to be too hard on yourself because again, we're, you know, we're all learning. So the next one I really have seen a lot in the ArtWise community Discord server. So if you guys listening have made it this far and you're fans of the podcast, maybe this is the first episode that you've listened to. If it is, welcome. If it's not, and you maybe want to listen to a few more episodes or decide if you're a fan of this podcast <laughs> feel free to do that first but we actually have a community discord server and I try to make it you know as easy as possible I do want it to be a place where people can network and where people can promote their work without feeling shamed for it and you know promote their artwork and it's just a community of artists on discord and so many of them will be like hey guys like I'm open for commissions and I will be like oh my gosh awesome share the information and they'll send a commission sheet and they'll be charging something ridiculous like less than $50 for a finished artwork and it's crazy to me that artists don't charge what they're worth like they charge less than what they're worth and like I don't even understand the rationality behind charging something so low. I understand, and a lot of artists have explained it to me and they say, oh, well, no one will buy it all unless I price it out really low. And I'm like, yeah, but is it even worth your time at that point? So a lot of my colleagues think that my prices are, are too low. I consider them to be pretty high. So I have a $2,000 minimum on all of my design work and illustrations, I, you know, even though the illustrations are honestly more work, those start at like 300. So, you know, <laughs> some people would say, you know, it's over overpriced. Personally, I, I won't do just singular logo design. Like I will do a, you know, full brand package and it's, a, it is a lot of work. So yeah, like my minimums, you know, I start at 2000 for like, the least amount, like the smallest package essentially for like a branding package for my design. And when people hear that, they think that I'm bananas nuts. But the thing is like, since I'm charging 2000, 
I only need one or two clients per month. When you're charging $50 in order to make $2,000 a month, which is honestly, that's even hard to live off of nowadays, but that's probably like about where you would want to make, like how much you would want to make if you were working full time, right? Like if you wanted to, you know, be independent and financially independent, you would probably be wanting making, want to be making at least around that amount. And if you're charging $50 for a finished artwork that takes you like, you know, 10 plus hours to make, like it's, you could literally work 24 seven for the entire month. And I don't even know that you would even make the 2000. I mean, I haven't done the math on it, but even if you did, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even like, you would be working 24 seven, you know? So it's easier to find one client that's willing to pay you what you're worth than to find, you know, 50 horrible clients who are going to underpay you and overwork you. So, you know, <laughs> don't charge less than what you're worth. There are so many artists who are overworked and underpaid because they don't charge themselves with their work and they, they worry that they won't get any sales, but like not only does this lead them to being overworked and underpaid, but it also throws the whole ecosystem of artists off because I mean, all artists like, like myself often, like if I'm trying to work with a client, I very often will be like, well, I can get the same thing for $50 on Fiverr. And they're right because people, artists throw off the whole ecosystem and really great, really talented artists that should be charging upwards of thousands of dollars for their work are charging like less than a hundred. And it's just like, it, it really does throw off the whole ecosystem of artists. And honestly, you know, I'm under the impression now as a professional, you know, if a, if a potential client doesn't see my worth and they don't want to pay my minimum or they don't want to pay a deposit or they don't want to sign a contract, I'm not going to work with them anyway because those people, those $50 clients, those are going to be, and this is co controversial, but it's honestly true. Those clients who are going to pay you the bare minimum are going to treat you like the bare minimum. They're going to treat you like crap. They're going to treat you like you, they just paid you a million dollars and that all of your time is theirs. And they're going to give you a million revisions and they're going to be the most difficult clients you ever worked with because they're going to treat you like a $50 artist because that's what you are to them. The people that pay me you know, the clients that pay me $2,000, you know, for a branding package are going to treat me a lot better because they're going to treat me like an expensive professional who knows what they're doing and, you know, that they trust and not a $50 artist that they hired off of Fiverr who's just barely getting by. If you identify yourself as being worth that little, that's how people are going to treat you. And so at the end of the day, Raising your prices as an artist should never be a bad thing. And honestly, if we all collectively raised our prices, it would be, you know, it would be a lot better. I mean, at my corporate nine to five job, I made what is now literally like minimum wage because they raised the minimum wage in Florida right before I left and they raised it to what I was making and I, I didn't get compensated for that. Like I literally got a 30 cent raise. So I was making like 30 cents more than what the minimum wage here is now. And it it's like, you know, I spent years and years and years in school, like mastering these skills because being an artist, like any of you guys listening, I, I'm sure would agree, like being an artist is very difficult and it does take years and years and years of daily practice to get good at. Like they shouldn't be paid so little. You know what I mean? Like it's a hard skill to learn. It's like if you like I've been creating art for 22 years. If I went to college for 22 years, like I would have to pay so much money. But I, you know, fortunately, like I mostly, you know, taught myself and and stuff. So that's good, right? But at the end of the day, like, please charge what you're worth. Like, not only does it throw off the whole ecosystem of artists because people genuinely think that artwork is worth nothing if you are willingly charging nothing for hours and hours of hard work that took you years to learn, but 
it it just like it makes me sad honestly more than anything it just makes me sad and it, it makes me want to like just like give you a hug and say you know you're you're worth thousands of dollars your time is worth thousands of dollars and your prices need to reflect that you you can't you can't just sit here and you know charge $50 for 10 hours of work. Like you, that's not sustainable for anybody. And you know, you got to raise your prices, especially if you don't want to be treated like a $50 artist. If you want to be treated like a professional thousands of dollar artist, the first step is charging thousands of dollars point blank period. <laughs> like to be honest. So number six, don't compare yourself to other creatives or other artists. So this one is important. And I think everybody struggles with this. I even still struggle with this sometimes, but I make a conscious effort to not do this. But yeah, don't compare yourself to other artists. So th this is either going to stifle your creativity and make you be like, oh, well, maybe I should be doing this instead. Maybe I should be doing like what this person does instead. Or it will just steal your joy and make you feel like, oh, I'm not as good as this person. I haven't accomplished as much as this person, you know? And honestly, like, I know this is a weird recommendation because I, I, I am, like, the first to tell you networking is so important and it's so helpful and it will benefit your art career so much. But if you are constantly comparing yourself to the people, the artists, the people in your niche that you're following – maybe unfollow them even if only for like six months just to kind of figure out what you actually want and who you are as an artist if you're constantly comparing yourself to others there's going to be some overlap you're going to maybe do things that are not things that you were meant to do but things that this other person is meant to do and they were finding success for it and you are kind of scrambling to find success. And so now you're like, oh, I'll do what I did. This is not their journey. This is your journey. And comparing yourself to other artists, as I said, it will literally stifle your creativity. It'll make it harder for you to come up with original ideas if you're constantly looking at what everyone else is doing. It's going to be really difficult. Like, I... Honestly, from talking on this podcast, like I get so many ideas from talking to people and I think so many things. And sometimes I genuinely like, I literally, I feel like I'll talk about something like a couple days later on TikTok and I'll think, oh, like that was like an, a, a, you know, like a good thought. And then I'll realize it's something that I had just talked about with a guest on the podcast. And I'm like, oh my God, did I just steal that from their brain and post it as my own? Because like, I forgot that we were just talking about it on the podcast like sometimes it is necessary to distance yourself from people in your niche and I mean you know as much as it sucks and as much as I love to follow artists like I'm not even gonna front like I've had times where I've had to be like okay you know what every time I go to create something I'm thinking about this other person and I'm comparing myself to this artist that I look up to and I really value their work and I am not that artist I'm somebody else so maybe it's time for me to put the phone away and maybe not look at my art account for a little bit and you know maybe try to create something that Caitlin Merriman created and not you know something similar to what somebody else is doing because I'm comparing myself to them and I'm comparing you know my limited success that I've had to somebody who I view as very successful and you know also people like put don't put everything on social media they might look like they're super successful and they might look like they're making a ton of money but at the end of the day people aren't going to post everything on social media in that way you know like they're they're not going to show you every aspect of their life they could be a full-time artist who lives with their parents and is being fully supported and all their rent and bills are being paid by their parents and you might look at them and say oh my gosh they're able to do art full-time they're so successful i can't even pay my rent well maybe they don't even pay rent you know like everybody's situation is so vastly different. You really can't compare yourself to artists. And when you start to, because it is really hard to stop when you're in this field. But when you do, you know, compare yourself to other artists, it's, it's really impossible for 
for that because you genuinely you can't compare every aspect because like I said you don't know someone's situation like for me personally I I moved out of my parents house when I was 18 years old it was my choice to do that I wanted to you know, gain independence. And I wanted to learn more about how to budget my money. And I wanted to get myself used to, you know, paying bills as an adult and get my money situation sorted. And I'm really glad that I did because I did learn a lot about, you know, the financial side of things, which I, you know, next time I do a solo episode, or even if I can find a guest who's willing to talk with me about it, I would absolutely love to make an episode about you know, the financial side of things and how I do my taxes as a freelancer and how I've, you know, been keeping track of the money I'm making and all of these things that I, you know, have been doing. I would love to do that for you guys, but there is like a reason I did that. And I have some friends who are full-time artists who I sometimes I'm like, dang, like, how did they get there so quick? Because, you know, when I made the jump from corporate to freelance, like, the income for me, even still, because I just started, technically, I started in, in April of this year. That's when I got my, my my tax ID for my business. It's been, I guess, four, four, five months, four or five months. My income has been extremely inconsistent. And sometimes I do like beat myself up about it because I'm looking at my friends who are full-time artists who have been doing this for a similar amount of time. And then I'm like, oh, wait, like those friends who are doing this, like they still live with their parents. They probably don't have nearly as many bills as I have, you know? So you you really objectively can't compare yourself to other artists, like in terms of success. And in terms of like, if you think their work is just stronger than yours, you know, at the end of the day, you're not them. You don't know what training they went through. They could have literally paid for like the most fanciest art tutor in the whole world. And they, you know, their parents have a bunch of money and they were just able to go to like the fanciest art school and like spend all of their time learning these skills. And maybe, you know, you don't have that or maybe you didn't have that opportunity. There's just no good reason for comparing yourself to another artist because, like I said, it's going to stifle your creativity, make it harder to come up with ideas, or it's just going to make you really depressed when in in reality, you're two completely different people and you've had different experiences and different opportunities. And there's just really no good way to compare two artists because art is so subjective and no two artists are, are going to be alike like that. So if you need to delete social media for a few months and try and find yourself a little bit, you know, do it, go ahead and do it. If you need to get off of the Artwise Discord server for a few months before you can start networking again, if you really are struggling with comparing yourself to other artists, do it. If if you, you think it's going to help you, be shameless about it and, and just do it. So number seven, don't refuse to learn new skills. This one is probably one of the most important rules that I've written down here. So just because you're an artist doesn't mean that you can't learn other things. So I I kind of got into it with a stranger on TikTok. Not got into it, not like a fight, but I had a conversation, a bit of a heated conversation with a stranger about this because they were frustrated and they were saying, you know, oh, like you can't be a successful artist without learning other skills. And I, you know, I would agree with, with that statement. You really like, you can't sit there and draw pretty pictures all day and just expect money to flow in. There is so much more to it than that. I am a new freelancer and I am still in the process of learning things like marketing and content creation and business and social media. And I'm still, you know, I hired a business mentor because I knew, you know, business wasn't my strong suit, but I was willing to learn and turn myself. I'm going to be like a business baddie, like two years from now, when you guys are still listening to art wise, like you're going to be like, wow, Kate's like a business baddie. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I know all about business because I, you know, I am not afraid to say, you know, maybe I need to add another skill to my belt and maybe I need to put in some work to, learn some more information about this skill because 
what's important about this is being an artist, especially if you're a freelancer, you do need those business skills. You do need those content creation, marketing, social media skills. Those are things that you really need to know if you are willing to have any sort of lasting and like strong success in that regard. And Honestly, like as as a new freelancer, I'm going to tell you right now, so far, my my journey as a freelance artist has been 70 percent business, social media, content creation, marketing, 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 and like 30 percent drawing funny little pictures and actually creating art like it really genuinely is 70 30 because in order to have that success, people have to know that you're an artist. People have to know who you are. Your name has to be out there in the public. And, you know, as part of why, you know, I sat down and I taught myself how to host this podcast, not because like I thought it would bring me success. I genuinely love listening to podcasts. And I think I've talked about this before when I said I saw a need for a podcast like this. And so, you know, I got my friend Diane when we started season one and we just made it ourselves. That was the real reason behind it. But also I am not afraid to learn a new skill and put myself out there in this way that is so vastly different from the visual art that I'm used to creating. And you shouldn't be afraid to learn a new skill either. And there's honestly, there's just no excuse to not learn a new skill in my opinion. Like you could be 60 years old and you can, you still have the capacity to learn a new skill. Like there is nothing that you can't learn. And, you know, something that the person that I was kind of like, I kind of got into it in the TikTok comments on my video, they were saying, oh, you know, I'm neurodivergent. I can't learn things. I can't learn things, you know. And that brings me to reason number eight, my next reason, which is don't make excuses as to why you can't. So this person that I got into it with, basically called me privileged for saying that I enjoyed the learning process of, you know, being a freelance artist because I was saying, you know, I, I feel so happy that I'm able to, you know, I guess like learn as I go and learn marketing and learn business and have all of these new skills that are going to be useful in literally any endeavor that I, any path that I decide to go down in the future. If I stop, if I decide like, you know, I don't even want to do art anymore. If I, you know, I probably won't decide that, but if I do, I have all of these other skills that I can use. And so I was, you know, talking about it and I was saying, you know, I'm so excited. And I'm so happy that I'm able to, you know, learn these new skills and do all of these new things. And she's just like, well, I'm neurodivergent and I can't, you know, I can't learn this and I can't learn business and I can't learn marketing because I'm neurodivergent and I can't talk to people and I can't do this. And I am also neurodivergent as well. <laughs> same, same reasons. I don't talk about it on the podcast because I don't think it's really relevant, but I honestly, and this just might be my, you know, my glass half full or completely full, honestly. I mean, if we're looking at a glass that's half full of water, the other half is filled with air. So it's honestly, it's overflowing with air. It might be, you know, my positive mindset that I've worked so hard to try and and build and be able to see things from a more positive perspective the past few years. It's something I've had to really work on. Trust me, I've not born like this. I'm actually like my default used to be very negative, but now I'm like, wow, I'm so excited to have this opportunity to be able to learn marketing and business and social media. And, you know, this person was just like, well, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm neurodivergent. I can't do it. And, you know, as someone who is neurodivergent, it is my superpower that I'm able to think differently from the average person. It's literally part of being an artist. I think a lot of artists are neurodivergent because artists are people who think outside the box. And that's, you know, I mean, I know there's obviously a lot more to being neurodivergent. And this is a kind of controversial topic because a lot of people will say, you know, oh, like people on, you know, the autism spectrum or people with ADHD or ADD, like they can't do things that normal people can do. And I, I don't think it's a can't. I think it's a, I can do it and I can do it differently. And my way might even be better than yours. 
like that's how I like to to look at it as someone who's neurodivergent myself, which is why I feel like I, you know, am able to talk about this a little bit more freely. But I I'm never going to tell myself that I can't do something. If I have a goal or an aspiration or a dream to do something, there's a reason that I have that dream in my head. And it's because it was meant to happen for me. And, you know, I'm going to do everything in my power to work hard and maybe find a way that that works for me because, you know, sometimes I do struggle talking one-on-one with people and I host a freaking podcast where I have to do that every single week, every single episode, I have to talk to a new person. And when I first started doing the guest episodes with strangers and people who I didn't know, honestly, I, it wasn't super easy for me. And I know a lot of you might be shocked thinking that because I've been told very frequently that, you know, I'm a vastly different person on this podcast than I am talking to in in real life because I just sound, you know, a lot more confident or what have you when I'm speaking on this podcast. But at the end of the day, like, (laughs) don't just make excuses as, as to why you can't, you know, because even if there is a reason why you can't, there is 100% a way to turn that can't reason into a reason why you can and you can probably do it even better. I mean, there are so many outside of the box thinkers who thought of like such better ways to do something or to learn something. And I honestly like I feel like I'm one of those people because even, you know, through all of the struggles I've had and through, you know, having social anxiety and being a little bit nervous to you know, even with starting this podcast, but starting my business, especially like I, you know, instead of sitting there and telling myself all the reasons why I can't and you know, I can't I can't I can't do it like that, you know, because there was a lot of reasons why I could sit there and tell myself that I couldn't do it. Instead of doing that, I said, you know what, I have a lot of reasons why it might be hard, but I'm gonna do it anyway, you know, and I did and I'm doing it. I'm in the process of learning like I'm right there with you guys. And some of you guys, probably a lot of you guys actually who listen to this podcast are probably even further ahead on your journey as an artist than I am. I'm very young. I'm only 22 for those of you who didn't know how old I was. So it's, you know, you you can, just don't make excuses. Just turn those excuses that pop into your head into reasons why you can and just do it or just at least try, you know, because there's no... There's absolutely no reason why you can't do anything, anything, anybody like in my mind, like if you, if you really like put thought into it and put work into it, you can. And honestly, my me thinking differently from other people and me struggling with the things that I struggle with kind of gives me like a separate edge almost. So the next thing you should never do as an artist is number nine don't overdo it. So this one's huge. I didn't believe in burnout until it happened to me. I am a force to be reckoned with astrology, trigger warning astrology (laughs) tangent. I'm an Aries rising and I have a endless amount of passion and energy. And if I'm passionate about something, then I will work myself to death. But I have to remember not to overdo it because I've overdone it in the past and I have made myself literally sick from it, especially when I was working in corporate America. Like if you're working a corporate job as like a designer or an artist for whatever reason, you have to set boundaries with that job too. Because when I was working my corporate job, like I I had a couple of emergency room visits while I was working that job. And I don't think that's a coincidence because I had never been to the emergency room ever in my life up until I started working at that job. And then like twice I had to go to the emergency room for stress caused health issues and burnout is real. If you don't schedule breaks for yourself, your body will do it for you. I am here to tell you that from experience. I am a powerhouse. You guys know I haven't missed a single Tuesday since starting this podcast ever. They've all been on time. Like I am on my stuff. And if I give myself too much, I will accomplish it, but at the cost of my physical health. And you don't want to do that. Creative burnout is another thing that that is so real as well. Like you could literally like you can't pour from an empty cup. 
You literally can't pour from an empty cup. And you use your cup when you're creating art. You dip your paintbrush in it and you use the water. And like at some point, you're going to run out. Like you can't pour from an empty cup. So it's incredibly, incredibly important to make sure that you take frequent breaks and that you're not overdoing it. You really have to get in tuned with your body for this one. As an artist, I know that's hard. I feel like as an artist myself, it's so easy for me to just like flail out of my body and just like, you know, my soul's just roaming around in space and just like everywhere, I guess. So easy to do that because well for me I feel like astrologically speaking I have like no earth in my chart so I'm just kind of unhinged as a human being in general but also like as a creative person like people usually associate like creativity with air and it's just kind of free flowing and everywhere so that being said take frequent breaks schedule breaks if you have to if you're like me and you need to schedule breaks schedule yourself some me time every day at least a few hours do self-care figure out what refills your cup and then use that to to create art but don't overdo it and take frequent breaks don't overdo it in art school they'll try to tell you that you can literally create 24 7 and it's gonna cause health issues. I, I have a few friends who, and myself included, I have chronic migraine. I don't talk about that very often on this podcast, but I honestly think if I hadn't had to work two jobs to pay for my college degree, because I, I couldn't get, I couldn't even get approved for student loans, which is hilarious because now, you know, they're being, uh, they're being forgiven. So if I had been able to get one, I wouldn't have even had to pay it. But I, I couldn't get any student loans. I didn't get approved for any. So I had to work like at one point, I worked three jobs to pay for myself. And I was in school and I got diagnosed with chronic migraine because I just had a headache all the time. And I seriously thought I was dying. And you know, the second that I after many years of, you know, working a minimum of like, between 50 and 80 hours a week, <laughs> I I finally quit my corporate job and I did. I took like a whole month off where I didn't do anything except for, you know, obviously work on the podcast. You guys, I would never, I would never stop working on the podcast. But once, once I did that, like I, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had a migraine since I quit my job. And I genuinely haven't had a migraine in four months. And it's because like, I've been giving myself consistent breaks. And, you know, some people can work like a full eight hour day. And that is like, fine for them. And I'm just now discovering that I am just not one of those people. I just don't have the energy to work a full eight hour day. And like, honestly, I know we live in hustle culture where that's frowned upon. I am finally learning that's like nothing to be ashamed of it, you know, I, I have strengths outside of my ability to endlessly work. I feel like I, I have a lot of positive qualities and attributes that make me just have skills that like will allow me to not have to put in 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week into what I'm doing. And, and that's okay. I know I need to take frequent breaks now and I'm doing that for my health, so... Number nine, don't overdo it. Take frequent breaks. It's a big deal. Don't overdo it. So number 10, this one I also struggle with sometimes, but it's a big no-no. Don't allow other people to define your version of what is successful as a creative artist, what have you. Don't allow other people to define what success is for you. So... This one is a big deal to me because I, you know, really, I, I do a lot of mindset work. I work with my coach, Katie. I, I feel like I put a lot of work into mindset and into all of those things. I journal every single day and I have pretty much come to the conclusion that success for me, and maybe it's not for me, maybe it stems from, you know, other places, but to me, success is financial prosperity. And I, I, you know, and I shouldn't feel like this because I have a lot of success in other areas of my career. But if I am not making good money, I feel like a failure sometimes. 
And I don't know if that is just my version of success or if that, you know, comes from another place, but it, you should not let other people, other artists, your parents, like anybody, just define your version of what's successful as a creative artist to, to you. Like you shouldn't let them define your version of success. Being successful doesn't always mean that you have 100,000 followers on TikTok or that you're making millions of dollars. Success can look like having 100,000 followers and not having a dime to your name and not even having a job, but you still have that success on social media. Or it can look like having thousands of thousands of sales of, of your artwork and not even having an Instagram account or any social media. You can have no money and no social media, but get accepted into your first art gallery. And that could be a success and a win. Like all of these situations that I just described all of these artists that I just described to you, these are all people that are successful. It's just success at, at different things and, and different rates. So don't let someone else tell you what success is for you. If you feel happy and you feel accomplished and you did something great and you feel like you're finding success and then your parents go, well, are you going to get a real job? Are you, are you making any money? Like, don't let them tell you what is successful for you, because there are so many things that are so overlooked that I view as successful. I literally like I posted in my little group chat with my entrepreneur friends that I have. It's Ginger Sherry's The Divine Social. I've been a part of that group since March of 2022. So we're in our sixth month of it. And I remember when we first started the group, we were celebrating small wins and my business account on Instagram doesn't even, I, I don't even think I'm at 200 followers. I'm at like 150 followers. And honestly, I could put more work into my Instagram account. I really could. I just, I do a lot. <laughs> so that's something I definitely want to work on is like being consistent more consistent with like my Instagram account because I'm definitely more active on on t my TikTok business account. But I remember telling them, you know, that I hit 100 followers and everybody was so happy for me. And it's like, even the small wins like are success. And you can view that as success, at, like hitting 100 followers, you know, even if you're like, if you feel like, oh, that's not a lot. Okay, it's 100 people. That's crazy. You know what I mean? So don't let other people define what success is for you because any of the things that I just talked about are, are different ways that success can look. So don't, don't let anybody else define what success is to you. And this is the last one, final reason, my final reason. It's don't wait to be ready to take the leap, okay? So I feel like this is big with artists, creatives, entrepreneurs, anybody who is doing, paving their own way, I should say, taking the road less traveled, which is, I feel like that's what I'm doing. I definitely, you know, working, working for yourself is definitely taking the road less traveled. Everybody talked about, you know, getting a corporate job and working for a big company and having a consistent paycheck. I decided to steer away from that path and take the leap. And honestly, when I took the leap and I quit my corporate job, I was freaking terrified. You can hear it in past episodes. I think the episodes that are coming out now, I had already quit my job at the point that those were recorded. But even the more recent ones, like from the beginning of season two, you could literally hear the fear in my voice, the fear that I had when I wasn't sure if I was going to be ready to quit my job when the time came. And I honestly, I was not ready, but I took the leap anyway, because I knew if I didn't do it, that I was never going to. So start before you're ready. Obviously, I was very fortunate. I had saved every penny I had for years to be able to quit my job. I, I, you know, invested a bunch of money. And fortunately, my investments were very prosperous. And I have a very substantial chunk of savings as a cushion while I start my business and while I get myself up off the ground. 
And I'm very fortunate. And I'm not saying to like go out and quit your job, especially if you have people to take care of other than yourself. Like if you have children or pets or anything, or if you don't have a savings account, I'm not saying to quit your job, but I am saying to start before you're ready on those days off that you have on those weekends, work on your business, work on launching your website, work on getting materials together so you can start going to live events to sell your artwork, start posting your music on social media, make a business account, you know, start before you're ready because you're never going to feel ready 100% before you do anything. You're never going to be like, okay, now is the time. I mean, you might have that moment, right? Like I had the moment of now is the time for me to quit my job. I have to do this. I definitely had that moment, but I never, I still sometimes I'm like, did I make the right call? I don't know. Too late to figure out now, I guess, because I did it. But if you don't start before you're ready, like you're, you're really genuinely never going to feel 100% ready. Being an artist or being a creative type, you're already taking the road less traveled. There are not very many people out there doing what you're doing. If you're listening to this and you're an artist and you're out here listening to the visual arts section of the podcasting community, you're already genuinely like taking the road less traveled. And I'm going to be the first one to tell you like, it's not an easy path. It's a very difficult. I, you know, I do be crying pretty often because I, it is, it's stressful and it's hard. And there's a lot of like mindset work and like spiritual healing I've had to do to get to the point where I am. And, you know, if I'm going to be the first to tell you, like I will, it's just not easy. And there's going to be a lot of people in your life, no matter who you are, no matter what great, amazing support system you have, because I feel like I have a pretty solid support system, even though I don't have a lot of friends. I, you know, I have a very supportive family and my boyfriend is very supportive of what I'm doing. And I'm very fortunate for that. But there are still other people on TikTok, strangers who I don't even know, friends who aren't really friends anymore, or acquaintances or just people that I know who tell me all the time that I'm not going to make it and that, you know, it's, you know, what I'm doing is cringy. I literally had a lifelong friend. I lost a lifelong friend that way because she literally sat me down and told me she didn't feel like she could be seen in public with me anymore because of the way that I was putting myself out there online because of this podcast. I guarantee you she's never going to listen to this, but I kid you not. She told me that it was cringy and that she couldn't listen to my podcast. And this was, you know, two years ago now, and it really hurt my feelings at the time. But honestly, like, even though people are going to give you a hard time about what you're doing and tell you all of these things. Like at the end of the day, you and I know it's not going to be easy, but I will say that taking the road less traveled is sure as hell better than taking the wrong road entirely, or even just sitting at the crossroads with like your little picnic basket, just like waiting for somebody to like force you down one of the paths or like pick you up in their car and be like, I'm going this way. You want to come? Like, it's not always going to happen like that. You know, sometimes you just have to make a decision before you're ready. And sometimes you have to stray off the path that was paved for you to take one that could be even better for you, honestly. I mean, you know, like, I don't know. I <laughs> I definitely, like, I am in this situation right now. Like, I am literally doing it. And I am definitely at the beginning of my journey. I, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. It is, it is a hard journey, especially if you're taking the freelance route and you have come from, you know, the corporate world and you've done a lot of, of work for another person and then you start working from your, for yourself, it is different and it is the road less traveled because not a lot of people want to do that because it is hard. Not a lot of people do it. Like there would be, everybody would do it if it was easy. It's, it's not. <laughs> that's why a lot of people are like, no, I'm going to work corporate. And that's fully valid too, by the way. Like if you don't like, if you don't want to work freelance, you're completely valid in that. There's a lot of reasons to not want to do it. But even by being an artist in the corporate world, you kind of have to make your own mold for yourself too. Like just by being a creative person, you are taking the road less traveled essentially is like, I don't even know how else to word it other than saying that you're taking the road less traveled. Because even if you are working a corporate job, like quote unquote, like everybody else, like you're still doing that. So 
Yeah, taking the road less traveled is way, way better than taking the wrong road entirely and having to backtrack later on in your life and try to fix it or even just not taking a path at all and just sitting there instead of just continuing forward and taking the leap anyway. That's how you come to regret your life, I feel. Just if there's some dream that you have or something that you really want to do, just take take the leap and don't wait to be ready. Just do it anyways. And then if you fail, you're just back to the situation you were in when you started. That's how I look at it a lot because I, you know, I have Jenna who is in a past episode. She's my intuitive coach. And I was talking to her about this at the time when I was trying to decide if I should start my own business and if I should quit my job. And she was like, well, what's the worst case scenario? And I was like, well, the worst case scenario is I fail and I have to go back to corporate America and work like a nine to five job that I hate again. And she was just like, so your worst case scenario is the situation you're already in. And it like hit me like a ton of bricks. I was just like, whoa. Yeah, it is. And that's ultimately the mindset that led to me, you know, leaving my job (laughs) was me going, whoa. Yeah, that's so true. Like I already am in my worst case scenario. And if I don't take the leap, I'm just going to be in it permanently. Like it's crazy. So I'm really glad that I did it. And honestly, if I have to struggle for a couple more years before, you know, my, my freelancing actually becomes profitable, then so be it. I'd rather struggle for a couple years and have a happy rest of my life than, you know, be literally miserable in my worst case scenario of what my life is for years and years and years, but feel secure because honestly, security isn't real. We're not even promised tomorrow. So just just do what makes you happy and, and live your life to the fullest is my advice. So those were my 11 things 11 things that creatives should never do. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you resonated with it. I hope that you took into consideration a lot of of what I had to say. I appreciate you guys so much for listening to me ramble for an hour and 12 minutes. Wow. I thank you guys so much. So, 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 so much. And I will see you guys all next Tuesday. As always, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you made it this far, five stars and a little review makes me so happy and it really helps me out. We also have podcast merch on my website, katemerrymanart.com slash shop and also katemerrymanart.com slash podcast. You can find it there as well. And the Artwise Community Discord server is free to join and there's a link to join that on the podcast website as well. So I'm going to link all of those down below in the episode description. But again, thank you guys so much for listening today. And I will see all of you guys with a new guest next Tuesday. Bye, everyone.